The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Publishing Today Radio, where aspiring authors, thought leaders, business owners, and others with a story to tell discover resources, helpful tips, and sage advice. Join Athena Dean Holtz, publishing industry expert, author, speaker, and independent publishing pioneer as she brings to the forefront experts who provide the information you need to succeed. And now, here's Athena. Well, welcome to the third episode of Publishing Today, Clear Direction for a Changing Industry. I'm your host, Athena Dean Holtz, and our topic for today's show is the power of representation. Do you need an agent to become a published author? Is the only door into traditional publisher through an agent? Well, what's the role of an agent and how important is it? These are some of the questions we'll be answering on today's show. And today you'll discover the inside scoop on literary agents from some of the best in the business. Over the last 25 years, the Christian publishing industry has changed their acquisitions model dramatically. Gone are the days of slush piles of hundreds and sometimes thousands of unsolicited manuscripts where in-house readers and editors reviewed the work of potential authors and responded to 90% or maybe more than 90% of the submissions with a rejection letter. Today, in the publishing industry, agents play a vital role in the traditional publishing process. So listen in and discover the power of representation. I am so excited to have three of the most amazing literary agents I know on the show today. Before I introduce them to you, let me tell you a little bit about each one of my guests In fact, as I'm doing this, call or text a friend and have them tune in on voiceamerica.com. Once they're at the site, all they have to do is type in Publishing Today into the search bar and they'll be able to listen live. So here's the lineup for today's episode of Publishing Today. During the first segment, I'll have Steve Lobby on the line to share his thoughts on the power of representation. Steve is the president and founder of the Steve Lobby Agency is a 33-year veteran of the bookselling industry. He began his career in the bookselling arena, and his store in Phoenix was named the Christian Booksellers Association Store of the Year in 1989. He then spent 11 years with Bethany House Publishers, rising to the position of an editorial director. In 2002, he was named the Advanced Writers and Speakers Association Golden Scroll Editor of the Year. The next year, he became a literary agent, and in 2004, he formed the Steve Lobby Agency. In 2009, he was named the ACFW, which is American Christian Fiction Writers, Agent of the Year. And in 2013, he was inducted into the Grand Canyon University Hall of Fame by their College of Theology. Steve has very eclectic interests and has represented everything from sweet romance to systematic theology. His clients are equally divided between fiction and nonfiction writers. 
During the second segment, we'll be discussing the power of representation with literary agent Chip McGregor. Chip is a literary agent, author, and former editor and publisher who has a comprehensive knowledge of the industry. From book development to writing, acquisition to production, marketing to sales, he's a former associate publisher of the Time Warner Book Group, has secured nearly a 1,000 book deals for authors with almost all the major publishers, so just has a wealth of information, has, an, as an editor, worked with best-selling authors such as Andy Andrews and Karen Kingsbury. As a longtime agent, he's represented Brendan Manning, Jill and Stuart Briscoe, and the Mops Organization, just to name a few. And after starting his own agency, he has focused on helping to bring great fiction to market. He's represented dozens of books on all the national bestseller lists, and the authors he represents have won numerous national awards. He uh, is frequently asked for his opinions on the trends in the publishing industry, and his blog is regularly on the list of Writer's Digest 100 and Best Websites for Writers. And then the, for the final segment of today's show, I have a longtime friend and literary agent, Joyce Hart. Joyce has been a literary agent since 1992. She was formerly the vice president of marketing at Whitaker House Publishing and as the president of Heartline Literary Agency has over 35 years of successful experience marketing and promoting books. Joyce has been a pioneer in selling high quality fiction to the inspirational market and has built an excellent rapport with leading inspirational publishers. She is also a member of the American Christian Fiction Writers and is a graduate of Open Bible College in Des Moines, Iowa, which has merged with New Hope College in Eugene, Oregon. She's based in Pennsylvania at Heartline Literary's headquarters there. So as you can tell, this is going to be an incredible show filled with lots of insight and wisdom from some of the best in the Christian publishing world. So just so you know what to expect, during the last five minutes of the show, we'll have a segment called Ask Athena, where I'll be answering your questions on writing, publishing, and book marketing, branding, and promotion. So if you have a question you'd like me to answer, send me an email at question at askathena.com, and I'll get it into the lineup on a future show. Now, before I bring on Steve and get started with the conversation, if you've just joined us, you're listening to Publishing Today. I'm your host, Athena Dean Holtz, and we're broadcasting on voiceamerica.com, the world leader in online media broadcasting and the largest producer and distributor of live internet internet-based talk radio. You can connect with me online at publishingtodayradio.com, on Facebook at Publishing Today Radio, on Twitter, my handle is Athena underscore on the air, and on Google, I'm plus Athena Dean. If you're listening live on the Voice America Variety Channel online at voiceamerica.com, I want to welcome you to the show and suggest that you download download the Voice America app on your smartphone so you can listen in real time, even if you're on the go. Okay, so let's get this show on the road. Steve Lobby, welcome to Publishing Today. Well, thank you for having me on. Yes, it's great. Um, I have to say, Steve, when I, I never knew you as a bookseller. But we, we go back, I think, 20 years when you were the acquisitions editor with Bethany House, and we yep. used to see each other at conferences all the time. So it has been so much fun to watch your career grow and change over the years. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and we're talking about the power of representation today. And 
really because of your rich 33-year history as a bookseller, then editor, now literary agent, and you were a publisher in there, too, in the middle of that. Yeah, I am. <laughs> Share with us the transformation you've seen in the publishing industry as it relates to agents. Well, specifically in the Christian market, um, the advent of the literary agents started pretty much back in the early 90s uh, as, as something, especially as books got bigger and more visible. And as you mentioned in your, uh, your preface, the slush pile was massive at the publishers' uh, desks and in their offices. In fact, when I worked at Bethany House, there were two part-time people were both working 20 hours a week, and all they did was read the slush pile. And after a while, the publishers started realizing that this wasn't the best use of their time and energies. And for all intents and purposes, the slush pile is now in my office. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They outsourced it, right? They they really did. And so what happens is the publishers now, uh, to use the word properly, they they need curation. They need someone that they trust, who can curate and choose and present what they find is the best and the brightest and the newest and the most exciting to them so that they can then go into the marketplace and focus on what they really need to be doing. Which is promoting and selling books, right? Well, exactly. Hopefully, I mean, <laughs> yep. In fact, the, uh, that, that's, that uh, picture I drew of the two part-time people, that's all they did, uh, at one point, when I was editorial director there, I asked them how many of the proposals that they had flagged as being the best out of that slush pile did we actually publish? Mm. And this was at Bethany House. And in a two-year period, the answer was zero. Whoa. And that's when they changed their minds that, you know what, we're getting rid of this department and getting rid of this, this uh, work, and we won't take unsolicited proposals anymore. We'll just work with agents. And that's really the, the reality of it in that there was just so much to go through. And here our editorial staff, our acquisition staff, was working, was or were, whatever our grammar mm-hmm. is. Eh, mm-hmm. There's got to be a grammar person out there correcting me right now. <laughs> uh, uh, we're doing their best to try to find the things that they had already seen rather than the stuff that was in the slush pile. So then basically they created the agent then became the filter. In many ways, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's still possible to sell uh, to a publisher direct. The challenge is getting past that, um, that guard at the door um, who has a weapon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, you know, the proverbial weapon. And that's by going to writers' conferences where you can meet editors, you can talk to people. Um, in fact, I blogged about this the other day. Very often, uh, we'll get recommendations from existing clients about people that they have met or that they have have seen, and then I'm able to take that to the publisher. But let's say that author just went around the agent and went directly to the uh, editor. That works, too. It's not often. Right. But... You know, to say it never happens would be incorrect. I get that. And now, so really what I'm hearing you say is it really is all about who you know? Uh, Sounds not, like. because not, 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 not always. Content is still king. Well, yes. You but can, to get you your foot at the door. If you, yeah, if you know, you can know everybody. But if you can't write, you're still not going to get published. 
Um, but that does help a great deal. For example, when I was at Bethany House as an editor, there were certain agents that I trusted considerably. In -hmm. fact, when they presented something to me, I was excited about seeing what they would show me. Mm -hmm. Whereas others, you know, may not have been quite as... uh, high on my list of excitement because they may not have understood our company or understood the kind of books we were doing. And so it, it helped me. I look forward to getting certain proposals. <laughs> Ironically, yeah. uh, Chip McGregor, who's, you know, the next guest on the show, was one of those agents that I look forward to getting his proposals back, oh, in, yeah. uh, back in the day. Yep, back in the day. So, okay, are there different types of agents, and can you describe them for me? Well, different kind of literary agents, you mean? Um, you know, the, the answer would be yes and no. I would say they all generally do the same thing in principle, but they may have different areas of interest or expertise. Oh, okay. You might find um, an agent that all they do really is cookbooks. Oh. I, know of, I know of one uh, that that's pretty much what they do. Uh, or someone is an agent and all they are interested in is military history. Hmm. I mean, that's uh, you might think, well, that's an awful narrow topic. Well, not necessarily, as long as it's broad enough. And in my case, I'm known as an agent of material intended for the Christian market. Now, within that category, it's a very wide range of topics, everything, as you mentioned, from the romance to the systematic theology. But it means I'm not going to do a book on Satanism that basically says you need to be one. Um, I'm just not going to do that. I'm not interested. Right, right. And so, yes, there is differences in that regard, but generally I would say, no, we pretty much are, are alike in, in what we do in helping develop careers, um, presenting materials to the publishers, uh, getting the proposals ready, that kind of that kind of material. Okay. Now, I've heard, and I don't know if this um, still happens in the realm of literary agents, but I heard there used to be those who called themselves literary agents, but they charged a reading fee, and that was oh. really how they made their money? Did, yeah. uh, is uh, that I'll, still going on? Yeah, it is, unfortunately. In fact, I just said it to someone the other day who called me on the phone who was looking for an agent, and they obviously were completely clueless. And I knew they were ripe to be taken by a, um, a crook. And so I put it this way. I said, if any agent asks you for money up front, they're a crook. Mm-hmm. Don't mm-hmm. give the money up ahead of time. That isn't how it works. The agent works on commission. We only get paid when the author is paid. We receive right. a percentage of the revenue that the author makes on the book that we work with them on. But if anybody says, oh, yeah, just only $300 for me to read it, going, really? I'll read it for free. I'll tell you what I think. Um, But, you know, I get thousands of proposals, and I'll turn down 99% of them, too. So it's it's just part of the the process. But, yeah, it's... (laughs) When when I'm asked this question sometimes at at a conference or in other places... I will usually ask the question in return, what does it take to become a literary agent? Mm. And what classes do you take? Because they have in their mind 
real estate agent. Right. Or they have in their mind some other form. And I pull a business card out of my pocket. I hold it up. I said, go to the print shop and create one of these, and you're an agent. Wow. There's, yep. n- there's no oversight. Yeah. Yeah. And boy, there should be. There really should be, but there's, you know, there is a gen- there is a um, an organization in the general market, the um, oh, what's it AARP AA something uh, American Association of Booksellers <laughs> American. I'm going to get it wrong, but it's a yeah. it, it. They have a set of rules. Okay. That they say an agent must follow these rules to be part of our organization. Yes, I've and seen that. It it helps um, helps kind of filter out some of that um, some of the crooks because a crook couldn't couldn't get um, get that or go to the, the website writersbeware.com. Mm, oh yeah, and type in the agent's name. There you go. That's a good that's a good uh, filter. And that now, particular site basically dares any crook to sue them. Wow. Because they will name them. Yep, good. Good for yeah. them. Yeah. Now, in, in case you've just joined us, you're listening to Publishing Today, Clear Direction for a Changing Industry. I'm your host, Athena Dean-Holtz, and we're broadcasting on the Voice America Network. We are talking today about the power of representation, all about literary agents and the importance they play in the industry. I'm talking right now to Steve Lobby of the Lobby Agency. So, Steve, how would you, and you've already kind of touched on this, but how would you describe the role of an agent? Sure. Um, it, it, to be honest, it takes different forms depending on the needs of the author. The general principle is uh, we represent an author's work and take it to the major publishers, present it to them, find the right partner, negotiate the contract, oversee the development of the project, uh, serve as a, um, a go-between if there is conflict between the, the author and the publisher, uh, help the author make career decisions in that nature. Now, that's, that's the general simple answer, because it's pretty much the same for everybody. Where it changes is either the personality or the needs of that particular author. Some authors need a coach who Mm -hmm. can shout at them from the sidelines to get busy. Or sometimes they need a pastor type who, where they've gotten to a really dark place and they don't know where else to turn. And you might say, well, why don't they go to their own pastor? Why don't they talk to their spouse? Well, sometimes the writing life is very unique, and there are certain pressures and certain things that change the nature of the the, the trouble that's, that's pressing on them. Uh, sometimes they just need a mom mm-hmm. <laughs> who will just mm-hmm. tell them, you know, you, you shouldn't be act, acting like that in public kind of thing. Right, right. Uh, it, it really takes a wide variety, um, mm. and depending on the situation, because some people are very entrepreneurial, self-starters. Others procrastinate, and they think deadlines are suggestions. Mm. So you got to wear lots of hats then as an agent. You really do. You really do. Oh. Yeah, wow. and it's a it's very exciting actually because there's it's like a different opportunity and different situation comes almost every day of the week. 
Oh, amazing. You oh. know what? I just realized we are like totally out of time. So, Steve, let me ask you this. Uh, where can people find you online if they want to check out your agency sure. and find out more about you? Go to stevelobby.com. It's L-A-U-B-E. If you want to do it phonetically, L-O-B-B-Y, fine. It'll still get you there. Uh, stevelobby.com. We have a blog that goes out every every day of the week on uh, various uh, issues in the publishing industry, and our guidelines are there, and we'll be happy to take a look at your proposal. Our doors are always open. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being with me today, Steve. Thanks, Athena. All right. You have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Hi, this is Shannon Etheridge, relationship coach, speaker, and author of over 20 books, including the million-copy best-selling Every Woman's Battle series. It was over 15 years ago that I was struggling to navigate through this publishing world, and Athena Dean was one of the first people that I encountered in this industry. Now, we've stayed in touch ever since then because she was such an encourager then, and she's still an encouragement to me today. What a mover and a shaker for God's kingdom, and I have no doubt that Redemption Press is living up to its name. Has anyone ever told you you should write a book? Athena Dean Holtz here, and I've been involved in the publishing industry as an author, blogger, coach, and publisher for over 25 years. One thing I've found is everyone has a story. It just takes the right team to help get it onto paper and then into a book that has the potential to touch lives. Give us a call today. The toll-free number is 844-2-REDEEM. That's 844-2-REDEEM. 273-3336. Like us on Facebook or visit our site at authorsincharge.com. We would love to walk with you through your publishing journey. American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join host Gary Ray as he shows what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Adoption changes a family forever, for the adopters as well as the adoptees. There are many adjustments that need to be made, from lifestyle to financial, and the personal rewards are unlimited. Listen every week for Your Adoption Coach with Kelly Ellison. We will examine in detail such topics as international and domestic adoption. We will talk with adoption professionals and hear stories about real families adopting. If you've been thinking about adoption or recently began the process, you'll want to tune in to be inspired every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Well, welcome back to Publishing Today, Clear Direction for a Changing Industry, broadcasting on the Voice America Network. I'm your host, Athena Dean Holtz, and we are continuing on with our show on the power of representation. Chip McGregor is my next guest. He is a literary agent, author, and former editor and publisher who, I mean, you just say literary agent in the Christian industry, and Chip McGregor's name always comes up. He has represented some of the biggest names, named authors, has uh, 
made deals with the, every publisher on the planet and uh, is always asked for his opinion on the publishing industry and what's going on. And uh, his blog is regularly on the list of Writer's Digest, 101 Best Websites for Writers. So welcome to the show, Chip. It's an honor to have you on. Thanks, Athena. Uh, it's nice to be here. Yeah. So we are talking about the power of representation, and I know you as someone who tells it like it is and lets the chips fall where they may, and my pun was fully intended. You have had great success representing some of the biggest names in Christian publishing. How have the changes over the last 20 years made it easier or harder for an author to discover the power of representation? Um, well, I think my answer to that would be that everybody's role has changed. Actually, everything, everything in publishing has changed. The way, um, you know, when I was at Time Warner, uh, we instituted a new policy where people, where editors were editing manuscripts on screen instead of having, uh, you know, a big stack of papers and a red pen. So, I mean, the way they were edited, the way they were written had changed. The distribution, uh, the way books were distributed and sold changed, especially as it moved online. Um, so everybody's role has changed. The publisher's role, the printer's role, the, the bookseller's role. So certainly, you know, the, uh, the notion of the agent-author relationship, that's changed as well. Um, you know, there uh, we now really have two sort of publishing worlds. We have the traditional world of publishing, where uh, you know publishers, legacy publishers, are producing books um, and marketing them and trying to sell them. And then we have uh, the the indie publishing world, where authors are simply taking their manuscript and posting it onto Amazon.com and uh, uh, or onto BNN.com. And they're trying to sell it themselves. And, you know, it's been interesting because um, those two, I, I am one of the people who believes that those two worlds can coexist and that some of the best authors, you know, do both really well. But, of course, uh, you know, one of the things that's happened is we, there have been a number of people on the indie publishing side who have simply said, oh, you don't need an agent. You can just, you know, I just take my manuscript and I post it on Amazon and uh, and I sell it, and I keep all the money. I don't need a publisher. I don't need a marketer. You know, in some cases, I don't need an editor. Uh, yeah, right. You know, and I certainly don't need an agent. And um, yeah, to people who believe that, I say, you know, you know that's fine. Um, uh, that's fine. Uh, the, the fact is, people I work with, by and large, I think appreciate what I do for them. I, I heard Steve Lobby talking earlier. And, of course, I know you, you wanted me to come after him so I could correct all of Steve's errors. Um, <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, I, I concur with a lot of what he said. I mean, look, this is what we do. Um, most authors, when they have some success, especially when they have big success, uh, the first thing they do is realize, wow, I may not know what I'm doing with my career. Uh, is there somebody who can help me with that? And so that, you know, to me, the most important thing I do is, is really career development with authors. Mm. So that's a, that, that's a coaching. Did that answer your question? Yes. And, and I think that is um, an area that a lot of authors don't realize the value of, just like they don't sometimes realize the value of editing and maybe coaching to 
improve a book and a manuscript, sometimes that's one of those things they, they don't really get until they actually get a better understanding and wrap their head around it. Right. Now, let me ask you this. Do you, does an author need a large platform to be considered by your agency, or is great writing enough? Okay, that's a great question. Um, I, it, there is a, there's been an interesting change uh, shift that's occurred over the last uh, seven years, probably eight years. Um, if I take, uh, if you write a, a nonfiction book, if you write a, a nonfiction book, and I take it out there, the very first question I'm going to be asked by uh, a traditional publisher. What's the author's platform? Because that, I mean, that's what they want to know. And by mm-hmm. platform, uh, for those who are listening, uh, platform just is platform is just a number. You are uh, you speak. How many people do you speak to? That's a number. You have a blog. How many people read your blog? That's a number. You belong to some big organization. You have Facebook friends. You uh, you know those are numbers. Um, you write for. Uh, the local newspaper, you have a certain readership, that's a number, or you have a, a radio show like this um, or a talk show on the web, there's a number of listeners. You add up all those numbers, whatever that number is, that's your platform. That's how many people you can touch with your message, with your words. And so in a nonfiction book, the first question they're going to ask, what's the author's platform? And uh, what everybody usually wants to know is, um, you know, What's the number that I need? What's the magic number? And it reminds me, you know, 30 years ago when I was a youth pastor of, you know, kids in the eighth grade wanting to know, hey, if I go on a date, how far is too far? You know, as though there's, a, there's some sort of magic answer to, uh, to what's the number. Uh, look, uh, the bigger the number, the, pa- the happier the publisher is going to be. Mm-hmm. And, and if you think in terms of economies of scale, a, a large publisher is probably going to require a much larger number on your platform than a medium-sized publisher or a small publisher. Um, so certainly platform matters. When it comes to fiction, yeah, maybe it doesn't matter as much, um, but it used to be that platform never came up with a novelist, and now it, it does. And that's because in you know, a part of the new world of publishing, a publisher is expecting the author to help them sell books. And so they want to know. Now, I will tell you personally, here's what I want. I want to read a manuscript and fall in love with the words. Mm-hmm. If I don't fall in love with the words, I'm probably not going to represent it anyway. But if I do fall in love with the words, yeah, at some point we're probably going to have a discussion about platform. Right. Okay. So, number one, it's got to be great writing. and then, But platform is a close second. Well, Would you, you say? Know, I mean, is that- every, you know, every book... Uh, I mean, when, you, when you think about the things that I want to see in considering representation, I mean, every book is, if you think about a Venn diagram that is a series of overlapping circles, you know, mm-hmm. um, you think of the circles being, look, there's a great idea, and it's expressed through great writing by an author with a great platform. And ultimately, yeah, I'd like to have all of those things. Um, you know, sometimes I get all of them. Uh, but really, I, the, the first thing I look for, of course, is, you know, is it a good saleable idea? And is the writing good? And then we start looking at platform. And occasionally, you know, we are doing a wonderful uh, memoir right now uh, by an author who doesn't have any kind of platform at all. But it's just it's such a good story, and the writing is spectacular. And so, mm-hmm. you know, 
sometimes you fall in love with something and you just say, I think other people who love words and good stories, I think they're going to like this too. So. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, now, in case you've just joined us, you're listening to Publishing Today, Clear Direction for a Changing Industry. I'm your host, Athena Dean Holtz, and we're broadcasting on the Voice America Network. I am talking to Chip McGregor, literary agent and veritable wealth of information. So, Chip, how do you feel about authors utilizing the tools available? Now, you've kind of already answered this now that I'm reading the question again, but I think probably we can give a little more insight into this. How do you feel about authors that use those tools that are available to independently publish and just kind of bypass the agent route altogether? Yeah, um, I, I think that uh, uh, I think some authors can do it. You know, this is an interesting thing. With the authors who I already represent, with many of them, I encourage to be what we call a hybrid author. That is, that they are publishing traditionally with a legacy press somewhere, and they are also doing some self-publishing, um, which allows them to write more for a number of writers. It, it allows them to make a living, and they wouldn't be able to if they were just relying on traditional publishing. So I'm very much in favor of authors becoming hybrid authors like that. Um, and, uh, you know, certainly I think that there are some people who... They write their book. If they can get good editing um, and a good cover design, then they can you know, do a good job and get their book self-published. The, the problem, of course, has been uh, discoverability, first of all, is a problem in the sense that uh, there used to be you know, 2 million books on Amazon, and now they're approaching 20 million. So getting oh. discovered is hard. Yeah. There is yeah. still a quality issue, and uh, I say this in... You know, um, indie publishers are quick to say, oh, well, come on, there's badly edited manuscripts everywhere. Well, that's true. But when when Amazon opened up the floodgates to allow anybody to self-publish their own book, we did see a flood of really badly edited manuscripts and, and, you know, crummy covers and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. so that's a bit of a problem. But again, I'm not slamming it. I'll tell you who I do slam on on the indie publishing front. The people who... Are who, who treat it as though it's multi-level marketing. You know, it's the, all, all you have to do is take your words and slap them up on Amazon, and the money fairies will show up and you know sprinkle gold all over. It. Come on, the fact is, most people who are self-publishing aren't making anything. They're selling a few copies to their friends, and that's it. And the vast majority of people, and right. that's fine. Again, I just say the reality um, is different than the promise sometimes. And I do have a hard time with some of the promise makers mm-hmm. uh, on the anti publishing side who make Absolutely. it seem as though everybody, you know, they're all going to sell a million copies, they're all going to be millionaires. That's just not right. how it works. And it's going to be a bestseller, and we're going to do all the work for you. We're just, oh, yeah, we're going to, you just pay this extra 10 grand, and we'll make sure everybody buys it. And, and that's just not reality. I, so, yeah, I hear you there. I'm on, I'm on your bandwagon on that. Now, um, let, me, let me ask you this. Um, you do a lot of writers' conferences, and you are a, just a, a valuable resource, I know, for anybody that sits down with you and connects with you and, and kind of tries to understand, you know, what maybe things they need to change or what they need to do in order to be marketable. Um, what would you say to an author who 
has decided, okay, I really want to try and go the traditional route. I really want to, uh, I know I need to go to a Christian writers conference to actually make the connection. What do you look for when you meet authors in that venue? Um, I, I tend to look for uh, stellar writing or great ideas, and especially things that I feel are done. This is interesting. It doesn't get talked about very much, but every once in a while I'll have somebody ask me the question, you know, what's wrong or, what, you know, uh, when you reject a bunch of things, why are you rejecting it? Because cause there's one reason uh, that so much gets rejected. It, it's not ready yet. It's not that, you know, the idea is necessarily bad or something, but it's, I mean, I regularly see stuff, Athena, that is, you know, it's 20% done. And sometimes the writer doesn't even know that. They think it's 100% done. It's like, this, this is nowhere close to being done. It's, you know, the writing isn't strong. It lacks punch. It lacks clarity. You know, you're doing a nonfiction book. There's, there's not a clear argument here. Your examples are weak. Uh, the, the text is out of, you know, the argument is out of order. Um, it needs sharper focus. It needs, you know, it needs stronger editing. I mean, in other words, um, I'm always looking for people uh, at a conference who come in and they have invested the resources to really make their manuscript ready. And so it's, uh, you know, uh, the, the idea is good, the writing is polished, the editing is done, it, it's, it's ready. That, to me, is, uh, you know, when I find something like that, I'm always excited because it's like, oh, gosh, this is great. You have somebody who's really taken the time to make themselves ready. Right. And, and don't just say, God downloaded this to me, and so he told me you were supposed to publish it, so take it as it is. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Christians, uh, I, I think um, it's easy to be lazy um, because we think, that, we think that our spiritual experience, uh, because it happened to me, it is, it's important and valid. Um, and maybe even normative. I mean, it's, 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 it should be the norm for everybody. And, and the fact is, oftentimes, look, the experience happened to you, and you are the person who it's important to. But, I mean, we've seen so many personal storybooks. And, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I believe in, in the notion of personal story. In, in a lot of you know, Christian traditions, there's the notion of the testimony. We get together in a gathering, a bunch of people get together, and somebody gets up and says... You know, I want to testify, or I want to share a testimony. Basically, I want to share a story of something that happened to me. And in a setting like that, where you're there to tell it, that's great. But that does not mean it's going to make a great book. And I don't know how many times I've had people say, oh, I've got this great story, and my friends all told me it would make a great book. And I always want to ask them, do your friends know anything about publishing? Because if they <laughs> exactly. don't... Exactly, exactly. No. I just oh. have a cool story. But cool yeah. stories don't sell. Exactly. Well-written. Well-organized stories. Those are the ones that sell. Exactly. Okay. They just gave me the, the minute countdown. So let's take just one minute and tell me what's your number one tip for an author who wants to experience the power of representation. Um, uh, you know, the number one tip I would say to people is don't give up. Um, it, it's a process. Nobody starts piano lessons today and, you know, next week is renting Carnegie Hall. Uh, nobody, you know, starts uh, taking ballet lessons this week. 
uh, and is expected to, you know, dance um, uh, in in a uh, you know a Balanchine performance next week. It, it takes time. We understand that with music. We understand that with dance. We need to understand it's the same way with writing, which is an art. It takes time and practice, and that means you know you're going to write a bunch of things that are bad, it's just like a musician who starts playing the violin is bad at first. Right. But in time, you'll get invest the time. Yes, yes, I love that. That's a great analogy, and I've not heard that one before, so I love that. So, okay, where can listeners connect with you online if they want to check out your agency and, and read some of your blog? Uh, my blog um, is just my name, chipmcgregor.com. And, uh, by the way, if you, uh, if you go to Amazon, I have a brand-new book, which is out. It's called How Can I Find a Literary Agent and 101 Other Questions Writers Ask. Ooh, nice. And if you go to Amazon.com sometime and look up either my name, Chip McGregor, or the question, How Can I Find a Literary Agent, you'll find a new book just released two weeks ago with Benchmark what? Press. And so... Uh, How do you, and I didn't even know that. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Chip, for being with me today. It was just great to have you on. You bet. Nice to talk uh, to you, Athena. All righty. Have a great rest of your day. All, right, all right. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with you with my longtime friend, literary agent Joyce Hart. So don't go away. This is Athena Dean Holtz, and you're listening to Publishing Today, Clear Direction for a Changing Industry on the Voice America Network, and we'll be right back. Ever thought about writing a book to tell your story, inspire others, or fulfill a calling in your life? Putting your words on paper is a frightening yet thrilling process that can result in untold lives being touched. The professionals at Redemption Press will walk with you through the process of creating a product you will be proud of. My book was extremely personal, very close to my heart, my baby. From the first call I made to Redemption, Athena and her staff tended to this child like it was their own. My manuscript was very involved, including not only text, but also photographs of my artwork. My project manager was so patient and helpful. She was in it for the long haul. Whether it was through phone calls or emails, every staff member at Redemption involved in the publishing process made me feel like I was a person and that my book was their priority. Give Redemption Press a call today at 844-2-REDEEM. Like them on Facebook or go to AuthorsInCharge.com for more information. Well, welcome back to Publishing Today, Clear Direction for a Changing Industry, broadcasting on the Voice America Network. I'm your host, Athena Dean Holtz, and we are continuing on with our show on the power of representation. Chip McGregor is my next guest. He is a literary agent, author, and former editor and publisher who, I mean, you just say literary agent in the Christian industry, and Chip McGregor's name always comes up. He has represented some of the biggest names, named authors, has uh, made deals with every publisher on the planet, and... uh, is always asked for his opinion on the publishing industry and what's going on. And uh, his blog is regularly on the list of Writer's Digest, 101 Best Websites for Writers. So welcome to the show, Chip. It's an honor to have you on. Thanks, uh, Athena. It's nice to be here. 
Yeah. So we are talking about the power of representation. And I know you as someone who tells it like it is and lets the chips fall where they may. And my pun was fully intended. You have had great success representing some of the biggest names in Christian publishing. How have the changes over the last 20 years made it easier or harder for an author to discover the power of representation? Um, well, I think my answer to that would be that everybody's role has changed. Actually, everything, everything in publishing has changed. The way, um, you know, when I was at Time Warner, uh, we instituted a new policy where people, where editors were editing manuscripts on screen instead of having, uh, you know, a big stack of papers and a red pen. So, I mean, the way they were edited, the way they were written had changed. The distribution, uh, the way books were distributed and sold changed, especially as it moved online. Um, so everybody's role has changed. The publisher's role, the printer's role, the, the bookseller's role. So certainly, you know, the, uh, the notion of the agent-author relationship, that's changed as well. Um, you know, there uh, we now really have two sort of publishing worlds. We have the traditional world of publishing, where uh, you know publishers, legacy publishers, are producing books um, and marketing them and trying to sell them. And then we have uh, the the indie publishing world, where authors are simply taking their manuscript and posting it onto Amazon.com and uh, uh, or onto BNN.com. And they're trying to sell it themselves. And, you know, it's been interesting because um, those two, I, I am one of the people who believes that those two worlds can coexist and that some of the best authors, you know, do both really well. But, of course, uh, you know, one of the things that's happened is we, there have been a number of people on the indie publishing side who have simply said, oh, you don't need an agent. You can, just, you know, I just take my manuscript and I post it on Amazon and uh, and I sell it, and I keep all the money. I don't need a publisher. I don't need a marketer. You know, in some cases, I don't need an editor. Uh, yeah, right. Know, and I certainly don't need an agent. And um, yeah, to people who believe that, I say, you know, you know that's fine. Um, uh, that's fine. Uh, the, the fact is, people I work with, by and large, I think appreciate what I do for them. I, I heard Steve Lobby talking earlier. And, of course, I know you, you wanted me to come after him so I could correct all of Steve's errors. Um, <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, I, I concur with a lot of what he said. I mean, look, this is what we do. Um, most authors, when they have some success, especially when they have big success, uh, the first thing they do is realize, wow, I may not know what I'm doing with my career. Uh, is there somebody who can help me with that? And so that, you know, to me, the most important thing I do is, is really career development with authors. Mm. So that's a, did that, that's a coaching... Did that answer your question? Yes. And, and I think that is um, an area that a lot of authors don't realize the value of, just like they don't sometimes realize the value of editing and maybe coaching to improve a book and a manuscript Sometimes that's one of those things they, they don't really get until they actually get a better understanding and wrap their head around it. Right. Now, let me ask you this. Do you, does an author need a large platform to be considered by your agency, or is great writing enough? 
Okay, that's a great question. Um, I, it, it, there is a there's been an interesting change uh, shift that's occurred over the last uh, seven years, probably eight years. Um, if I take uh, if you write a, a nonfiction book, if you write a, a nonfiction book, and I take it out there, the very first question I'm going to be asked by uh, a traditional publisher. What's the author's platform? Because I mean, that's what they want to know. And by mm-hmm. platform, uh, for those who are listening, uh, platform just is platform is just a number. You are uh, you speak. How many people do you speak to? That's a number. You have a blog. How many people read your blog? That's a number. You belong to some big organization. You have Facebook friends. You uh, you know those are numbers. Um, you write for uh, the local newspaper. You have a certain readership. That's a number. Or you have a a radio show like this, um, or a talk show on the web. There's a number of listeners. You add up all those numbers, whatever that number is, that's your platform. That's how many people you can touch with your message, with your words. And so in a nonfiction book, the first question they're going to ask, what's the author's platform? And uh, what everybody usually wants to know is, um, you know, what's the number that I need? What's the magic number? And it reminds me, you know, 30 years ago when I was a youth pastor of, you know, kids in the eighth grade wanting to know, hey, if I go on a date, how far is too far? You know, is that, so there's, a, there's some sort of magic answer to, uh, to what's the number. Uh, look, uh, the bigger the number, the, the happier the publisher is going to be. Mm-hmm. And, and if you think in terms of economies of scale, a, a large publisher is probably going to require a much larger number on your platform than a, a medium-sized publisher or a small publisher. Um, so certainly platform matters. When it comes to fiction, yeah, maybe it doesn't matter as much, um, but it used to be that, that platform never came up with a novelist, and now it, it does. And that's because in you know, a part of the new world of publishing, a publisher is expecting the author to help them sell books, and so they want to know. Now, I will tell you personally, here's what I want. I want to read a manuscript and fall in love with the words. If I don't fall in love with the words, I'm probably not going to represent it anyway. But if I do fall in love with the words, yeah, at some point we're probably going to have a discussion about platform. Right. Okay. So, number one, it's got to be great writing. And then, but platform is a close second. Well, Would you, you say? Know, I mean, that- every, you know, every book, uh, when, you, when you think about the things that I want to see in considering representation, I mean, Every book is, if you think about a Venn diagram that is a series of overlapping circles, you know, mm-hmm. um, you think of the circles being, look, there's a great idea, and it's expressed through great writing by an author with a great platform. And ultimately, yeah, I'd like to have all of those things. Um, you know, sometimes I get all of them. Uh, but really, I, the, the first thing I look for, of course, is, you know, is it a good saleable idea? And is the writing good? And then we start looking at platform. And occasionally, you know, we are doing a wonderful uh, memoir right now uh, by an author who doesn't have any kind of platform at all. But it's just it's such a good story, and the writing is spectacular. And so, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you fall in love with something and you just say, I think other people who love words and good stories – I think they're going to like this, too. So. Mm, there you go. 
Uh, now, in case you've just joined us, you're listening to Publishing Today, Clear Direction for a Changing Industry. I'm your host, Athena Dean Holtz, and we're broadcasting on the Voice America Network. I am talking to Chip McGregor, literary agent and veritable wealth of information. So, Chip, how do you feel about authors utilizing the tools available? Now, you've kind of already answered this now that I'm reading the question again, but I think probably we can give a little more insight into this. How do you feel about authors that use those tools that are available to independently publish and just kind of bypass the agent route altogether? Yeah, um, I, I think that uh, uh, I think some authors can do it. You know, this is an interesting thing. With the authors who I already represent, with many of them, I encourage to be what we call a hybrid author. That is, that they are publishing traditionally with a legacy press somewhere, and they are also doing some self-publishing, um, which allows them to write more for a number of writers. It, it allows them to make a living, and they wouldn't be able to if they were just relying on traditional publishing. So I'm very much in favor of authors becoming hybrid authors like that. Um, and uh, you know, certainly I think that there are some people who... They write their book. If they can get good editing um, and a good cover design, then they can you know, do a good job and get their book self-published. The, the problem, of course, has been uh, discoverability, first of all, is a problem in the sense that uh, there used to be you know, 2 million books on Amazon, and now they're approaching 20 million. So getting oh. discovered is hard. Yeah. There is yeah. still a quality issue, and uh, I say this in... You know, um, indie publishers are quick to say, oh, well, come on, there's badly edited manuscripts everywhere. Well, that's true. But when when Amazon opened up the floodgates to allow anybody to self-publish their own book, we did see a flood of really badly edited manuscripts and, and, you know, crummy covers and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. so that's a bit of a problem. But again, I'm not slamming it. I'll tell you who I do slam on on the indie publishing front. The people who... Are who, who treat it as though it's multi-level marketing. You know, it's the, all, all you have to do is take your words and slap them up on Amazon, and the money fairies will show up and you know sprinkle gold all over. It. Come on! The fact is, most people who are self-publishing aren't making anything. They're selling a few copies to their friends, and that's it. And the vast majority of people, and right. that's fine. Again, I just say the reality um, is different than the promise sometimes. And I do have a hard time with some of the promise makers mm-hmm. uh, on the anti publishing side who make Absolutely. it seem as though everybody, you know, they're all going to sell a million copies, they're all going to be millionaires. That's just not right. how it works. And it's going to be a bestseller, and we're going to do all the work for you. We're just, oh, yeah, we're going to, you just pay this extra 10 grand, and we'll make sure everybody buys it. And, and that's just not reality. I, so, yeah, I hear you there. I'm on, I'm on your bandwagon on that. Now, um, let, me, let me ask you this. Um, you do a lot of writers' conferences, and you are a, just a, a valuable resource, I know, for anybody that sits down with you and connects with you and, and kind of tries to understand, you know, what maybe things they need to change or what they need to do in order to be marketable. Um, what would you say to an author who has decided, okay, I really want to try and go the traditional route. I really want to, uh, I know I need to go to a Christian Writers Conference to actually make the connection. What do you look for when you meet authors in that venue? Um, I, 
I tend to look for uh, stellar writing or great ideas, and especially things that I feel are done. This is interesting. It doesn't get talked about very much, but every once in a while I'll have somebody ask me the question, you know, what's wrong or, what, you know, uh, when you reject a bunch of things, why are you rejecting it? Because cause there's one reason uh, that so much gets rejected. It, it's not ready yet. It's not that, you know, the idea is necessarily bad or something, but it's, I mean, I regularly see stuff, Athena, that is, you know, it's 20% done. And sometimes the writer doesn't even know that. They think it's 100% done. It's like, this, this is nowhere close to being done. It's, you know, the writing isn't strong. It lacks punch. It lacks clarity. You know, you're doing a nonfiction book. There's, there's not a clear argument here. Your examples are weak. Uh, the, the text is out of, you know, the argument is out of order. Um, it needs sharper focus. It needs, you know, it needs stronger editing. I mean, in other words, um, I'm always looking for people uh, at a conference who come in and they have invested the resources to really make their manuscript ready. And so it's, uh, you know, uh, the, the idea is good, the writing is polished, the editing is done. It's, it's ready. That, to me, is, uh, you know, when I find something like that, I'm always excited because it's like, oh, gosh, this is great. Yeah, somebody who's really taken the time to make themselves ready. Right. And, and don't just say, God downloaded this to me, and so he told me you were supposed to publish it, so take it as it is. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Christians, uh, I, I think um, it's easy to be lazy um, because we think that we think that our spiritual experience, uh, because it happened to me, it is it's important and valid, um, and maybe even normative. I mean, it's, it's it's it should be the norm for everybody. And, and the fact is, oftentimes, look, the experience happened to you, and you are the person who it's important to. But I mean, we've seen so many personal storybooks, and and, and don't get me wrong. I believe in, in the notion of personal story. In, in a lot of you know, Christian traditions, there's the notion of the testimony. We get together in a gathering, a bunch of people get together, and somebody gets up and says, you know, I want to testify, or I want to share a testimony. Basically, I want to share a story of something that happened to me. And in a setting like that, where you're there to tell it, that's great. But that does not mean it's going to make a great book. And I don't know how many times I've had people say, oh, I've got this great story, and my friends all told me, it would make a great book. And I always want to ask them, do your friends know anything about publishing? Because if they <laughs> exactly. don't... Exactly, exactly. No. I just oh. have a cool story. But cool yeah. stories don't sell. Exactly. Well-written, well-organized stories. Those are the ones that sell. Exactly. Okay, they just gave me the, the minute countdown. So let's take just one minute and tell me what's your number one tip for an author who wants to experience the power of representation. You know, the number one tip I would say to people is don't give up. Um, it, it's a process. Nobody starts piano lessons today and, you know, next week is renting Carnegie Hall. Uh, nobody, you know, starts uh, taking ballet lessons this week uh, and is expected to, you know, dance um, uh, in, in a, uh, you know, a Balanchine a performance next week. It, it takes time. We understand that with music. We understand that with dance. We need to understand it's the same way with writing, which is an art. 
it takes time and practice. And that means, you know, you're going to write a bunch of things that are bad. It's just like a musician who starts playing the violin is bad at first. Right. But in time, you'll get invest the time. Yes. Yes. I love that. That's a great analogy. And I've not heard that one before. So I love that. So, okay. Where can listeners connect with you online if they want to check out your agency and, and read some of your blog? Uh, my blog um, is just my name, chipmcgregor.com. And uh, by the way, if you, uh, if you go to Amazon, I have a brand new book which is out. It's called How Can I Find a Literary Agent and 101 Other Questions Writers Ask. Ooh, nice. And if you go to Amazon.com sometime and look up either my name, Chip McGregor, or the question, How Can I Find a Literary Agent, you'll find a new book just released two weeks ago with Benchmark what? Press. And so... Uh, How do you, and I didn't even know that. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Chip, for being with me today. It was just great to have you on. You bet. Nice to talk uh, to you, Athena. All righty. Have a great rest of your day. All, right, all right. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with you with my longtime friend, literary agent Joyce Hart. So don't go away. This is Athena Dean Holtz, and you're listening to Publishing Today, Clear Direction for a Changing Industry on the Voice America Network, and we'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in to Publishing Today Radio. Be sure to join your host, Athena Dean Holtz, again next Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.